1: We are live for a Too Many Games edition of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for June 26, 2015, alongside my respected partner, Ian Ferguson. Hello, I'm Pat Contry. How are we doing? Yay! Yay! So, for this special edition, this is not counting sort of the canon number, so this is not the 40th episode. Uh, this, this would be a CD
2: podcast guidance.
1: Guided, okay, guided, yeah. Side story. <laughs> Forty-eight point five. We'll just say. Uh, we'll be talking about one major topic, and then we'll take Q and A from the audience live. Uh, but Ian, first, how was our trip over here? It was. It was. It was fun, right? <laughs> yeah, it was great. I got uh, no sleep. Um, Pat managed to sleep for a little bit. Two hours, three hours. On the, on the, we took the red eye out. Let's talk about travel breakfast. For travel breakfast. <laughs> yes, let's talk about travel breakfast <laughs> Breakfast for a second. Uh, you don't have any good options usually for breakfast uh, when you're traveling, but when it's five in the morning, you have even less options
0: because most of the time, nothing is open. No. And uh, Pat and I saw McDonald's and we were like, yes, sure, that seems like a perfectly wonderful idea. Let's McDonald's on. for breakfast. A McMuffin is a standard. Why it's, not? It, it's a piece of Americana. Yes. So... We we approach this McDonald's and we're looking at the menu, and for whatever reason, both of our eyes gravitate towards the uh, steak McMuffin. Like, this is going to be a fantastic idea.
1: We figure, you know what? We need some protein early in the morning, and eggs have protein. Why not double it up with the steak? So we both (laughs) ordered one, and then that was
0: that was a big big error. It, yeah, um, now, it's it's like they took a sausage patty, but inject like put a, a syringe in it and pulled all the flavor out. Um, okay, I was gonna go
1: one other step. I think it was like a meat patty of some sort that they injected a minor uh, minor sort of uh, a sausage flavor into. So it was it, it basically was the worst piece of meat you've ever had. Like it was like it was worse
0: than a miniature meatloaf you'd have in a cafeteria. I almost had a worse problem with the though. Um, but it was covered with these grilled onions. And they were a very dark brown color. They looked very
1: caramelized,
0: yet they were crunchy like they were raw onions. And I'm wondering
1: how they got that color. It was almost like McDonald's decided we're going to try to go gourmet with our breakfast. Yeah, we're going to we'll, we'll just add some mushrooms on the top too to our to our egg McMuffer. and It was like, no, this is barely food as it stands, and so we don't need your fake onions on top of it. Right, you're not fooling anyone. So I think we both start with that, and we, then we both had a sort of wash our mouth out with the regular McMuffin Backup Reservist uh, sandwich that we both had. And then we were hungry again 30 minutes later, it's just that's not real food, so, okay. So with that said, <laughs> so we'll be discussing one major topic today, then we'll be doing a Q&A with the audience. Uh, we were thinking about uh, having you guys do like a Twitter thing, but if you're here you can ask us. We'll just ask though maybe no best or worst questions. No favorites. No favorites questions, no top questions, and no questions that we can talk about maybe for one second with a yes or no answer because then we'll feel bad if we answer your questions, and say yes or no and then move on to the next one. <laughs> we'll look
0: like big jerks.
1: Yes, so think of your questions. There's a lot of you in here. We'll see how long this topic is. We have an hour. So uh, a big topic that we spoke about only about a month ago was about how uh, GameStop was getting into the retro game business in in the uh, Louisiana area at slash Alabama and New York City. They were taking uh, trade-ins, uh, not all games, but a good amount of like the more popular items for, for those it of six major systems, NES, Super Nintendo, N64, PlayStation, Dreamcast, and Genesis.
0: Right, they bypassed the more obscure things like Sega Saturn. Sure. Uh, and so there was controversy or people
1: talking about well, will the prices rise or not, we'll see what happens. And so finally GameStop came out, uh, I think it was like one or two days ago, you can now purchase The games online store because these will the retro games will not be for purchasing GameStop. They're just going to be online only. And
0: that's going to be an important point for later.
1: Um, So basically the discussion is about these prices and what we think of them from the service. So we can go into other aspects of these prices and what they mean. Um, So we're going to start with really the NES uh, stuff and I wrote down some of them. Oh we just go to the website but uh, I wrote down a bunch of them.
0: I have a very um, professional Feet of notes that I can, <laughs> I can yeah. also read off of, that I ripped off the back of a magazine in the hotel. So if you go to GameStop's
1: website, uh, you can find this, it's not really on the front page, you can find it, and here's the, you know, and then you have some classics by system, and then you have some examples. We'll just leave the examples up here, some of them. I, and this is a good example right here, we'll get into it. But we'll, we'll start with some NES prices. Well, I which, think. Which um, I wrote down separately, because I don't think I have a the internet in here. But um, I'll just put down some of these, and we'll keep some of this open. Um, but for starters, uh, like for example, the systems are $60 uh, each uh, for the NES Model 1 and the top loader. And people at first were like, wow, the
0: NES top loader is $60. So, I feel like that's, okay, we're starting with that. You can start with that as so, a point. There's a lot of things that they have on there for what looks like a relatively decent price, like an NES top loader for 60 um, they have Suicidin Into up there for, I think, 80 or something. Um, there were... Uh, there's, there, there's a few other things that generally go for much more that were, that were very cheap, or at least half price to quarter's price. Sure. The problem is, is they weren't in stock. No. And as someone who constantly checks GameStop's prices because I have to remain competitive, and this is something that they do a lot. They will take something, say, like a Xenoblade Chronicles after it gets scarce, and they will list its used price at $45, but they won't have any in stock. And this is kind of a bullshit way of them, basically, they can give you less for your trade-in for as long as they keep that price point where it is. And once they build up a certain amount of stock, they can do whatever they want with the price. There's no guarantee that price will stay at that Right. So some of the prices that people are kind of excited about, you're going to notice none of it's in stock. Yeah, real quick, if you look at like the Dreamcast section, maybe
1: 5% of the games are listed are actually available at this point. There's like five or six pages of games that are for sale and maybe five are uh, available. So yeah, the problem is for a top loader, yeah, $60 is fantastic if it's in stock. But, But people are going to then come into the store, Trade it and get what, $20 of credit? No, probably most. $10. $10 of credit for a Once product. they get enough. Once, they, the so price. once GameStop gets what, like 20 or $30? And then they got to ship it into the warehouse. They, say they can jack the price to 100 120 and charge whatever they want. Right. So then at that point, it's not a deal anymore, plus shipping and handling on top of that. So for for one, you have to be wary of this. Uh, power glove with sensor, $40 with sensor, that's a decent deal at this point. Yeah, it would be. Not available. So if you come in, they'll give you at, for what for credit? In cash, 10 5-10. Five to 10. Yeah, probably about that. And then they'll jack the price to double that, potentially
0: 90 bucks, whatever, and that's what they'll sell it for, because they gotta make their money. Basic statement here is that the current prices that are listed on GameStop's website, I, for a lot of it, I don't think it's going to stay that way forever. I don't think these are permanent prices. Yeah. I think these are prices to make them look good, to entice you to trade in, and then things are gonna get more expensive Yeah, we'll, we'll go
1: through some of the NES ones, but by, by, the NES ones were kind of all over the map. There were some that, for example, Super Nintendo we thought for the most part were on target.
0: Okay, we had the (laughs) Ecto-1 Blow up here. Um, In general, a lot of the prices were average retail or a bit more expensive. but it's an online store, and you can't see the condition yeah. of what they're selling. We'll get, we'll get into that for the Genesis, that's when it makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, but it does
1: for the NES as well. So let's just start with some of the NES stuff. We'll just rifle through these. Uh, Castlevania for $25 for the first one. We thought that was high. Right. Um, power pad for $25. We, we kind of disagree on this one. I think that's uh, too expensive when you add in shipping. Shipping will be $15 for a power
0: well, pad. I didn't disagree. I mean, I said it especially because you know these guys aren't testing these power pads. They're not, they're not playing world-class track meet with these kind sure. of uh, Money prices punch out 35. I think at that point that's reasonable.
1: Uh, at this point, because it's so popular. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think we need to preface by saying that there's people online that are saying, um, well, the deals are really high and blah, blah, blah. and it's like They're basing a lot of their uh, prices on eBay. And what they probably see at whatever whatever retail store they decided to go online to, Luki Games or whatever, whoever at GameStop decided prices. So it's like you're you're gonna you're not gonna get a deal at GameStop. Obviously, this isn't flea market prices.
0: Obviously, right. And I hate to say it, but if that's what people are paying on average, a retail chain is going to charge that. Sure. So the, 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 what, what were we saying when we were discussing this
1: before? The the day of the deal is, is over for the most part when it comes to, to retail stores. Yeah, and look at this as a retail store. Uh, so we have uh, Ghost of Goblins for 15 That's That's about double what it should be going for. About, so that one we thought was too much. I really think Kirby's Vengeance yes. for $25 is a crime that's to be that much. <laughs> that's really
0: shooting for the moon.
1: Uh, so you can tell that GameStop is looking at first party titles and, and maybe jacking them a little bit. Or or recognizable properties which we'll get to in Super Nintendo right. in a bit. Batman 15 I think is high. That's a $5 game. That's a, one of the most common third party NES uh, games. Double Dragon for 20 I thought was high. Uh, a little bit. Sure. Uh, Kidgers for 25, you, you, you think that's all right?
0: That's five bucks over, probably average. The Mega Mans were interesting, right? Mega the, Man 3 for 30 and Mega Man 2 for 35. The problem with Mega Man is it's constantly rising, so you can never really say one way or another, but those prices didn't seem too far off the mark. Paperboy for 18, I think, is probably double
1: what it should be at. And same for Yoshi, I put the double. Yoshi for $10 seems high.
0: Uh, yes, it's one of the worst games ever made, and, <laughs> and it should go for three bucks.
1: And then the last few we'll talk about just because it brings it crystallizes a few of our points here. $15 for Pac-Man. Which version are you getting for Pac-Man? Are you getting Namco? Or are you getting Tengen? And the price difference is massive. Well, not massive, but it's it's doubled. Yes. It's more than doubled. So basically there's three versions of Pac-Man. The website shows the Namco version, licensed Namco version, which is the hardest to find one. That's like $25 you're going to pay, 20 to 25 um, the Tension ones, which is two versions, they're, they're both common for the most part. Six, 10. 6 to 10 at most for the gray or black version. So when you're spending $15 through GameStop, which version are you getting? And I will guarantee you that the, one, the first one that's, that go out the door will not be the Namco version. They'll be the easier or common Tension versions. Right, And that's an issue. That's an issue because then you can go back and say, well, the website doesn't show that one. But they'll say, oh, well, it's Pac-Man, it's the same Pac-Man. So if the $15, they're charging more, and they might be
0: snuckering some people thinking they're getting the uncommon version. But they're not getting it. They're not gonna get the uncommon version. GameStop is still very unaware that things like variance and condition mean something. I mean, even as far back as the, uh, the, the guy saying that, oh, if we have a box full, we're just gonna send it out. They don't understand the market in any way whatsoever. And then, so
1: yeah, so, so be, be careful on variants like that. And then, um, then Bart versus Space Mutants for thirteen dollars to me was kind of a head scratcher.
0: <laughs> that's like a five dollar game at least. I mean, when I sell it, and it has to be once it has to be based on brand recognition. Yes, so
1: that's the one that, that the game stuff goes well. People like The Simpsons; it's still on TV. That Bart kid. We'll just arbitrarily do thirteen dollars, and I don't think I saw any other game really for that price. You know, and then finally Temple Super Bowl for, for thirty dollars is like double at least.
0: I'm gonna be honest. We charge 25 for it, and I think that's high because it's a super, <laughs> it's a super popular game. And to go 5 bucks over that is insane. I think on eBay, you probably get it for $15 yeah. or less.
1: You can. <laughs> and, that's, and that's insane. We know this game is probably popular. They do tournaments still. Let's just price whatever we want on it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. So that's the NES. And the NES is actually the safest because for the most part, when you buy an NES game online, you're not expecting the boxer manual. No. You, you're just going to get a loose. And condition, I mean, you can have some condition differences. But for the most part, those NES labels are sturdier than other cartridge labels, more than Super Nintendo Genesis, I'd say. A little bit, a little bit. But let's get into the problem with something like the Sega Genesis, where having
0: the the case is a lot of the value. Well, I I do want to touch on this. That is something that has become more of an issue just in the past year or two. Um, Years ago, the case did not affect the value, really, at all. Uh, Loose games, case games, they sold for the same. Currently at Luna, case games and loose games, unless it's something really rare or popular, still go for the same. But we are entering a market for the genesis where uh, complete and loose are starting to go for drastically different prices, sure. and it's like 50-50, and if you have no guarantee that GameStop is going to give you the case with the game, a lot of these prices are absolutely stupid. Yeah, so let's, let's, a good example is one that we saw that Castlevania Bloodlines for
1: $40. It's probably gonna be card only. Right, and I card only. That's thirty. I mean, is that what it should be? Forty. I mean, I don't. Thirty, 30 to forty. I would say thirty. So, so if you look at it thinking, wow, I'm going to get the manual in case you won't. So, but if it was a case, it'd be a good deal. But because sure. the ones with the cases are probably 60 to 80 on yes. that range. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about almost double what it is carved only. So people that are out there saying, oh, this is a great deal that goes on eBay,
0: they're $80, don't realize that you're not gonna get the case when you buy it right. from GameStop. They're ignorant of how this stuff works. And actually bloodline manuals tend to be shit, or so uh, labels tend to be garbage. So so you can't you get, get a really beat version so of bloodlines for $40. So, bucks. so if, you,
1: if you think Casamane bloodlines for $40 is great, you're a moron just because you don't know the, uh, the label type that you're getting. You're taking you, my attitude. <laughs> and you don't know the case is gonna be included in the manual, which could double the price. Right. right. So, okay, uh, and then Hy- Hyperstone Heist, another sort of one where $50 for cartridge only, that's about probably, is that too much? I mean it's going up there, but I'd say it's it's forty. But in the case of I manual, it'd be like ninety, right? Or a
0: 80. lot right. And a lot of these prices I'm noticing are like a solid five to ten over what retail should be. Sure. And that's gonna be an even bigger problem, but we'll touch on that later.
1: And then you go down the list a little more, I'll have one page, be three for thirteen. I mean I guess. It's like a lot of these are like almost like they look at the average eBay price or the game price charts. And then we'll go to Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo I think was on the mark for the most part, but there's some that were a little bit strange. Uh, Power Rangers for $15 could be another thing We're like, oh, we think the property is, is popular, we're gonna charge more. Right, it's you not know right mean? now. It's sort of like, this that sort of weird thing. Look uh, at the, the system on the page, unavailable. $60 for a Super Nintendo, that's, it has everything. That's actually about right for retail. Unavailable though. Yes. Yeah, so they could, this could be a trading sort of thing again.
0: And I, I've seen a lot of shops, Like, in, so there's a chain in San Diego called, uh, well, in Japan and all of the uh, West Coast called Book Off, and it's an import. Uh, bookstore and I mean those places have already started charging 100, 130 for Super Nintendos which is fucking out of control but that's, you see you look at something that says 60 and that seems right but out of stock, you don't know what they're going to charge for it once they get sure. a fair amount in. You could see that rise to 100, especially if it becomes a popular seller for them. By the way, I saw a
1: $45 clean non-yellow Super Nintendo here, I'd be surprised if it's still there after an hour, I mean, it's probably bought already. Well yeah, that's I mean I'm a read.
0: convention like... yeah. Here is where you're gonna find something so
1: decent. So Power Rangers 15, that's overpriced to me. Uh, Return of the Jedi 15 is overpriced. Which one? Return of the Jedi, it's a little bit overpriced. Yep. All those Star Wars names are like 8 and to 10. Another one of those where it's like it's a property. Then Bart's not here number 25. Now this is an uncommon game. It's not, you can't,
0: they're not very common. But it's it's like Rollerblade Racer on the NES. It's no good, it's uncommon, and it doesn't sell for more than 10. Um, Bart's Nightmare is decent. It's not great, but that should be a fifteen dollars game all day long. Uh, Mortal Kombat for 18, thats cr- sort of that's, to that me. That's insane. That's no insane. blood. A bullshit version of the game. And to, to further, but, but to make it even weirder, Mortal Kombat Two, which is a very decent arcade port on the Super Nintendo, is selling for fifteen. So the better game is less expensive than the absolutely garbage original. It's almost
1: like they thought it was the Genesis version where it's like, okay, people might, might want that more. A, B, A, C, A, B, B. It's just random words to make. Like, it's, a it's, it's a blood code. I know it's a blood code, <laughs> but, the, but the graphics are like Atari on Genesis for that version. They're very tiny. Chrono Trigger for $90. So people, some people were bitching about this, but- No, that's it, about right. If you follow Chrono
0: Trigger's price history, that's that's where it's sort of been. Yeah, I have to make a statement here with that, too. Um, we all want deals, but these, I mean, the popular games are just raising in price. At some point, you have to stop yearning for the days of old because that's not that's where not. we're at anymore. Especially for a game like Chrono Trigger.
1: Right. If you, go, if you go to a flea market,
0: if you see it for $60, they go, oh, that's a deal now. You can get it for 80 I mean, you can get it for 70 Sure. But ninety is not really. That's not of as. The main, mall park. That's not as heinous to us versus
1: charging twenty five for Barks Nightmare, right? Because that's, that's like a four hundred percent increase in value.
0: And I think people know. who are buying Chrono Trigger are probably yeah. expecting that.
1: Illusion of Guy of thirty. That's that's double what. you'll go for. So again, but a lot of the super tiny ones we didn't talk about, when we thought were right on, they check. They check eBay, and that's what it's at. Yeah. Um, go to N sixty four real quick. N sixty four was a system I believe that we have uh, pretty much. N64 Across was like, okay, accurate. if they have them, which they look like they have a bunch of them, um, 50 for Harvard for 64. Twenty for Duke Nukem. Um so for the most part though, I didn't write down a lot of them like, I wrote down no mercy for fifteen because I thought that was really expensive. It is, it should be like five because people know it's like oh it's an awesome wrestling game, people like it, so maybe we'll just charge fifteen for it. Wrestling's big again. I mean, I mean kind of GameStop slash funkland used to kinda of do that with some of the popular ones that maybe you could still find but like, oh we know people like this. Because even Mike Tyson's punch out fifteen years ago was like a 15 twelve dollar game at like Funko Land. Right. You know, but they were selling off most of the NES stuff for twenty five cents. Yeah, it wasn't it still was still expensive for that. Uh, PlayStation had the biggest selection. Um, just real quick though, they made Mega Legends
0: 2 for $70, but not in stock. Right, that was another big one. I mean, that is on, I mean, if you look at retail average, even auction, true auction price, we're talking about minimum of a hundred. That's another one that I actually, and here's the thing that, that's scary, especially with PlayStation games that are that, that expensive. Uh, loose disc is a way bigger bummer if you get that in the mail than this cartridge. Yeah. If you I, paid, even if they did sell it for seventy, if you paid seventy for a loose disc of Mega Man Two, I, I'd cry. Yeah, we're talking. There's a bug on your head, which is funny.
1: Hi there, fly. should <laughs> um, We're talking like Genesis. Uh, the case can probably, if not double the value, be close to whatever seventy percent more potentially, depending on the game. But for yeah, having the case and manual for a PlayStation
0: game, that's all. That's like, you're going to need to double the price. If you don't have a case and manual for a CD-based game, for any system, and it's a popular game, the value honestly plummets to almost next to nothing. And people will still pay, you know, 30 to 40 for a loose disc for Mega Man Legends too. but, I mean... they got to find the case and manual and pay through the nose for it. Yeah. Yep. You're going to piece that together for more than you would pay if you just got it all together
1: in one. So again, Tales of Destiny 2, 90 bucks, not available. So, it's like, if it's not available, you can't. These prices are meaningless if they're not available. Because, like I said, they can change whenever they want.
0: Right. I highly doubt these are final prices. And honestly,
1: what's the odds uh, someone's going to trade in their Tales of Destiny to uh, a. a- for,
0: for fucking $15 so they can yeah. get an in 2016?
1: Who's going to do that? No one. <laughs> so, you got to think about that as well, as well. And plus, this is still not rolled out nationwide yet. No. Programs. it's just still pilot, too. Yeah. So, maybe they're really thinking this is what the prices will be, and then this is. I know that that price list came out, scrolled, uh, with some of the prices right. that were given, we, we didn't see like Tales of Destiny 200, I don't think, so I don't know what they'd even give, and if
0: that'd be accurate, so that fly loves you, by the way, it flies back. Um. <laughs> I washed my hair this morning, <laughs> oh, shit. Um. Um, but so, so you look at the prices though, they're a bit all over the place, a lot of them, if you, if you were to take an average, they're about average retail. Yeah. But this doesn't mean shit. And why doesn't it mean shit? You don't know what kind of condition you're getting. You don't know if you're getting the box. You don't know if you're getting a manual. What, this isn't a threat to physical stores like us because you can come in, us? hold it, yeah. you, me, okay. well, <laughs> Trey and I, hi Trey, you're not here. You're behind, you somewhere. Um, but you can come in and you can see what you're buying. You know exactly what you're getting, even on eBay. There's no reason for someone to go to GameStop when they can go to eBay and at least see pictures yes. of what they're buying. Yeah. So regardless of the fact that the prices really aren't super awful, they would have to they would have to drop them fairly considerably um, based on the fact that you are buying blindly and you because it. it's a risk. Yes, yeah, it's a it's a huge it's a mystery
1: box you're buying. For example, we didn't talk about Dreamcast that much. Uh system was fifty dollars which wasn't available, so no one traded in Dreamcast yet, I guess, or not enough of them to put it up for sale. Um, but all all the Dreamcast games, out of all the Dreamcast games, there was like maybe two or three available for sale, including Sonic Adventure, and that was it. It was like they didn't <laughs> they didn't even have like the common games for sale.
3: What did they have they power
0: even... stone to at? Sixty? Or 70? Yeah, seventy? Yeah, seventy. I think we saw it for sixty. Seventy is that's now? another one where if you buy it and you got a loose disc, you would cry. Uh, you would run your you're garments crying. and gnash your teeth. Because, yeah, you'd be very. Because you won't spend more than fifteen bucks on it or twenty bucks on it, by the disc. Twenty loose, fifteen, yeah. So. Um, and Alan likes you. I don't I like both of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So
1: either way, I think if you say either way, if you say these, whoa, the world! These are the most horrible prices. I think you're wrong. And I think you're wrong if you say these prices are great. I think you have to just be careful when you when you yeah you have to be even so you got to be very careful because for the most part these prices are on target but again if you're buying a Super Nintendo or Nintendo game that could be fine but if you're buying a Dreamcast game or well, you don't know if you're getting the case or a Genesis game you don't know if you're getting the case be
0: right. they, be they very would be worried. they would be relatively on target if you knew what you were getting sure. um, and like I said a lot of these I could see being raised as time goes on. I'm sure you washed your hair, that flies love you yeah, again. I washed the shit out of my hair. <laughs> you had shit in your hair last night? No. I don't remember
1: that part of the evening of the, the excursion. And um, it was pretty impressive. Um, so there's not much more we can talk about with this. It's interesting. I still don't know the odds this is going to go national and, and deal with it.
0: No. No, no, no. I mean, so I have a friend uh, uh, behind enemy lines who's a manager at a GameStop. <laughs> Cobra the enemy. <laughs> Pobra, the enemy. Yes. Uh, I can't name him. He wears a ski mask at all times. Um, he sounds a lot of business. He's a super nice dude. Uh, but even like as of two weeks ago when we were talking about this, uh, there's managers all over the country in, in, in GameStop, even regional managers, who really don't know anything about this retro thing going on. Uh, they have no idea. Which is, happen. yeah. So, yeah. Kind of scary. So, so, there isn't even a memo that's been passed down the line to tell people uh, about this, you know, tell the other shows about this retro program. To me, that doesn't instill a lot of confidence in this progressing. Especially when, like on certain systems, half your frickin' stock isn't available. I, I not even half. Like I said, on
1: Dreamcast, it was like maybe five percent of the game.
0: Oh know, When we ran it down, it was like everything was everything ground. was not there. No one, no one traded them. You got Hedgehog. Zombie Revenge and Sonic the Hedgehog, and uh, there wasn't even a freaking virtual tennis. No, there wasn't a virtual tennis. I think everyone owned two virtual tennis. tennis. Everyone had At two, least two Dreamcast. You, 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 you just, the you just woke up game. and you found
1: it. You, you, yeah, they had to. You know, they didn't realize they were just stuck in the system. Yeah. A, a second said, "Ah, oh, let's throw a virtual tennis in there." A couple. Throw a couple. Throw <laughs> that guy. People love Jimmy Connors. It was a good um, tennis. Jimmy Connors in there? I
0: don't know if Jimmy Connors
1: was in we, we, had a, we had a Jimmy Connors conversation. Can you let Jimmy Connors go? Does anyone remember Jimmy Connors and Pete Sampras? No, they not so,
0: We anyway. talked a lot about
1: men's tennis last night. I don't, don't know why we did that. Yeah. Neither do I. We were watching we an watch. we eight-year-old uh, Rafa Nadal versus a Roger Federer match. Yeah. We started reminiscing about the glory
0: days of, of U.S. men's tennis in the early the 90s. glory days of tennis that I didn't pay attention to. <laughs> hey, I played street tennis, <laughs> so I had to keep up. Oh, street tennis, street tennis. You're I, fucking I, hard I, as hell.
1: The ass Yes, diamond for
3: those
1: balls. Oh, yeah. Um, so we have the Dreamcast stuff here. Not available. PlayStation. Not available for the most part. And then you will be cartridge. So it's not going to take off. Don't worry, people. It's not going to kill prices.
0: It's going to be a failed experiment, I believe, from GameStop. I, yeah, I don't think it's anything to worry about. It's not going to do anything. Because it's honestly, just going to sit there until they go, nope, and pull the plug on. It's because
1: retro gamers aren't shopping, you're not going to go to GameStop to buy them, retro uh, game collectors and, and gamers. Uh, and then, plus, if you're going to GameStop to buy an Arkham Knight, you're not going to say, oh, I'm going to buy a Dreamcast game. Right. That's, not, that's not the audience. That's, that's not going to be your impulse purchase. No, way out. Oh, I need, you know what, I need a power pen and, and a VMU. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on GameStop.com while I'm buying. I'd like Assassin's
0: Creed 34 and a copy of Kickle Cubicle, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kickle was not realistic. I, I have, have one for sale, though, in box. I have um, diverse one. tastes. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, that's a topic. We got a half hour for Q and A, or we can tweet it out real quick. So we'll do a Q and A. Just raise your hand, and we'll just yeah, we'll just go. The, we'll start. Man in the
2: yellow.
0: If you take a, an NES and ground out the
1: lockout chip, uh, or uh, enhance the video anyway, maybe converting a
0: uh, Turbo Graphics to SD cable, does that increase the value overall?
1: So, so the question was about, uh, I guess, modifying systems. You said about uh, disabling the lockout chip, which I do not recommend doing no, I don't on an NES because some games need it, um, uh, especially some of the licensed ones. Even, even some versions of the licensed ones needed The first ones they did it. Basically, there's basically two different uh, toaster NESs where uh, later on they, they realized
0: what companies were doing and they changed the lockout chip again. Did you notice that I mean, toaster NESs look nothing like a toaster? Toaster oven. No, no, not even that. Um, I, I would say disabling the NES 10, if it's for your personal use, is, is fine. But I, I would say that that's an area where, at least in my eyes, if I knew that that had happened, it would probably decrease the value to me. Now, when it comes to something like adding better video outs to, say, a Turbo Graphics or a PC Engine, it depends on the buyer. Um, there are going to be a lot of people who might not want their system modified. Uh, but... It is kind of a nice enhancement if it's done right, and yes, you might be able to charge a little extra. Like, for instance, a region mod on a PC engine will generally increase the value of a PC engine in a touch. Yes. It's tough to say. We're talking about uh,
1: gamers versus collectors. Yes. So a gamer will pay just to play it. So I just got, um, well I didn't get it modded, but I just paid to have my, my uh, Sega CD model one head of the uh, repaired. I had had my uh, Turbo Express recapped, so I had to pay someone to do this. So that value will always be in in these consoles are modified. That value will have to stay in there in terms of the, the cost to get this done. Right. So it's not like it'll ever be cheaper. It's not like you can get a. It's not like a, a modded Turbo Graphics with, with a with a region switch will ever be cheaper. Probably for the most part. then No, it to would just go to that.
0: a different. It would go Up to a front. different fire. Sure. Up front. Uh, for Pat, when you go to the flea market. No matter what, how good of a deal that you get on something, what's what, what do you get out of buying an NES game that you already have, even if you,
1: even if it's a great deal? Trade bait, the thrill, the rush of the question was finding an NES game that um, I might already have, so it could be trade bait. <laughs> the thrill of the rush. The thrill of the rush. It's like gambling. <laughs> it's like repelling. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. it it's it's also sort of getting back at it um, in terms of because a lot of uh, collectors. Uh, fund their collection by uh, the selling of some of the games, doubles, what have you. I was not fortunate enough to ever find a lot of the rare stuff in the <laughs> wild. Uh, and I've never, the, the, the game, the only game I really found in, in the wild that was very hard to find was, I think, Zombie Nation was the hardest one for Nintendo to I remember when you find. That. The problem was I already bought it. So I, I bought a lot for a lot of money. Um, so in terms of me finding it, I gave it to my collector friend. I didn't give him a, a basement deal, but I gave him a good deal still, and that basically recouped my costs on on the original cards I pay a lot for.
0: Right. I mean I don't I don't personally buy doubles, but I mean Pat's first point is exactly why you would pick them up for trade bait. So you can sell them at conventions, etc. And
1: the funny thing is about that, that zombie nation, I bought it from an evil reseller. So
0: it, <laughs> it was, uh, I was surprised I got it. Hmm. So I didn't tell you that? Uh, um, no you did. It wasn't from a random person. No, it wasn't from a random person. I just don't remember which evil reseller. Well, oh, the evil sort of evil. Oh, right, okay. should we use one of the microphones for people to come up and
1: give the questions uh sure why why not we can line them up if they want to line up if there's enough people that's probably more how many people raise up their hands how many people actually want to ask a question we have like six or seven do you want to repeat a question or have them come up and put the mic in the middle form a queue form a queue Form a a queue in the middle form a line and then we'll put that mic in the middle
2: Question. Alright, so I'm in the test area for the GameStop right now. Okay. And and the, and the one thing that a lot of people don't know about is Crash Bandicoot 2. We bring them a copy of that to give you $16.50 for Crash 2 Loose. Could be any condition. They're taking a g- game. And i am turn to one of the managers. Holy shit. So... They take any condition. You can get them broken PS1s, broken Dreamcast, They don't test nothing on them. They just put them in piles.
0: I knew they were taking broken consoles. I did not now. they are taking beat-up games.
2: For Crash 2, I found like seven of them at Flea Market. I got like over $200, almost. So what we, do we, we have a plan? rough price for Crash
1: 2? Didn't we see that 28 or 30 on there? It's at
2: 30
1: So what, 30. what does it actually go for on eBay? Uh, we 10 bucks. So what so happened there? there? Would they, they misprice or something?
2: Uh, what, my, what he explained to me is they're not taking Crash 1 at all. They're refusing Crash 1. What okay. the, the, I, uh, I told him. I'm like, are you serious? They're refusing Crash so 1.
1: Is someone trying to corner the Crash Bandicoot to
0: market at <laughs> GameStop? No, I mean, it's really um, popular. We get calls for it all the damn time. Crash 1 through 3 on the PlayStation. but, but they are $15 But games. this is doubling the price, at least. <laughs> it yes. And for disc only, too.
1: No,
2: and Pat, I just have a question for you. I watched your Graphics video. Okay. Where did you live to win it? Because I'm from that area. Uh, I was in northern New
1: Jersey. So, I mean, that's one of the main markets. So basically the question, oh, you have a microphone. Yeah. So it was a newspaper. Uh, I, think was, I think it was a Star Ledger in New Jersey. Shout out, Star Ledger, is it still existing? Yeah, it's been, it is. People still write yeah. newspapers and read them. Um, so it was it was in the uh, the comic section at the end, and you had to answer questions about Nintendo games, because at the time no one had it. it was, this was uh, 1990, so TurboGrafx was out for a year.
0: Why not TurboGrafx by showing us some It videos? was. Under
1: where is the plant in the last, uh, stage of, of the Double Dragon at the like where's Wars. The plan? is center left or right. Mm-hmm. What is Bonk? Is he a caveman? It's basically giving the answer. And it was a bunch. It was like four. <laughs> <of them. laughs> is it a caveman? So Why or, um, I guessed on the Double Dragon once. I never got to the ending of the game. On of the other ones, I knew and I, I clipped it out and he sent it away. And then he came back. I think like this was probably like in September. And then by November, I think by December, they sent it back saying. You need to get you need to get a notarized response. Remember how notarized responses were big, and now mm-hmm. it's just for legal documents. You've got to find notary. So my dad thought it wasn't true, so we didn't send it back notarized. So I almost didn't win it probably, but they still <laughs> sent it. Like, thanks, Dad. Um, so that's, that was the contest.
2: Because I know it was pretty uncommon in that area back then, to even find them. No,
1: uh, well, Toys R Us had them. Um, some of the chains. Remember, Lawrence Taylor was associated yeah. with one of the chains. What was the name of it? It was like. Was it Bradley's? It wasn't Bradley's. It was. It was. Uh, there was one on Route One in Union, New Jersey. Was it Caldor? It wasn't Caldor. Another no. one that's gone. Uh, it's just a sad news. I love all these stores. Um, it was. It was a store that just basically sold electronics and TVs. And I bought that all the way out there. So they were. They weren't in just Toys R Us. They were in other electronics stores in Northern New Jersey. But so you could find them. But if you went probably to Pennsylvania. Good luck.
2: Because right you know I mean? now, the wild, all I find is really Nintendo stuff. I'm a big <laughs> oh, TurboGrafx fan. I, but I got lucky finding Express for a 100, but other than that, it's like nothing. It's like
1: uh, Five weeks ago, I did find another TurboGrafx stash at a flea market. I don't know if I told you that. Mm-hmm. And again, it was one of those things where it was a Graphics and about 25 games. And that's the only time when I find it once every two to three years, only that's how it is.
0: I don't think it's just here. I mean, I. We, I, I see Turbo stuff come through the store twice a year. Maybe. It's just that now people now people are
1: holding on to it, but before no one had it, obviously. Thank you, Pat. All right, thank you. Next question, the Q&A and the CU podcast, live edition, 48.5. Right. Okay, um,
0: for Ian, um, what was the last rare or uncommon game to come across the counter at your game store, and how much credit did you get for it? Three cents. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was Iris Moon, uh, Super Nintendo in a perfect box, no manual. Uh, I believe we did 150 in credit on it, and I think we sold it for 250. Okay. Uh, for Pat, uh, what was the last rare uh, kind of game you bought?
1: What, did I just follow one for Super Nintendo I thought it was weird? The Football or Fury is... for Super Nintendo? Yeah. Football good. Fury for Super mm-hmm. Nintendo uh, was the game that I never even heard of, but any of my Super Nintendo knowledge isn't really great. I got it for five bucks and I'm like, I'm picking it up. I'm at the point now where I'm picking up these just really weird Super Nintendo games that are fun. Because, not, not for the value, but if I wanted to get them 10 years from now, that football theory would probably be like a $30 game. If, like the, if it goes the same sort of route of, you know, a football period would be like a Tecmo Cup Soccer on NES. Right, you know, right. it was seven ninety nine forever and now and it's like four. 40 or 50 Yes, so that's the way I'm looking at Super Nintendo now. It's like if I find it cheap, I'm just going to buy it. I'm not going to seek it out. And then we're going to have a full Super Nintendo set. I'll start with the Ian about, I don't want a full N64 set and I have all the hard to find games. I could easily complete an N64 set, but I have no desire. To
0: I just wanted to say that the uh, Tecmo, uh, uh, Tecmo Cup Super, Super Soccer game was like the best moment of the last marathon. Why? Oh, because did you score it? No, you were playing. We we, we uh, made the uh, shot-pass choices together and it was very, very tense. It Was, was it tense? Yeah, we won. That's a, okay. it, was, it was very fun. I think we scored one goal at least. Two. Two. Oh, okay.
1: oh wow. That was really a moment for you. That was a bonding moment because I don't remember that. Then again, you know, I don't remember lots of moments from the and <laughs> that. F you. That wasn't polite. We're live. Thanks. Thank you. It's not like you edited it out, this is not my live version. You're right, this isn't like being broadcast out. I don't have the Wi-Fi and the GoPro going.
0: Alright, first I have a comment, then I have Uh-oh. a question for each of you,
1: and then a joint question. A first joint comments. question? That's Ian. Joint questions are Ian. First
0: comment,
2: where can <laughs> no. I get a Danny Sullivan? Do you guys have any? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't have any I Danny Sullivans here.
1: I should try to court on the market. I know. <laughs> uh, if I really was smart, I would have bought them all, then talk about the podcast and drive the price. People said that's doubled in price that past year or so.
0: But anyway, well, at least like, that game's fun. At least it's a fun game. It's yeah, it's fun game. Alright, uh, the question for Pat is uh, with price expanding on games for rare games or whatnot, do you ever condone uh, emulation like EverDrive's?
2: Oh a, Yeah,
1: yeah I, I have no problem with it for the most part. I really don't. Um, I talked about it, one of the, I mean, obviously on the NES Punk videos I'm, I'm playing a Persona, a character, but when I talk about emulating dinosaur, on Dinosaur Peak, I, I mean it. I, there's no reason you have to spend $800 on Plinsons Dinosaur Peak for a game that's above average at best. Yeah. There's no reason to do it. It's just, there's no reason you have to go out and spend $800 on Peekaboo Strip Poker. You know, it's just it's like, why? Why why are you doing that? You know, and especially, I mean, obviously if you want to clip, you want to clip, if want to play, but if you want to play it, I don't... These companies aren't losing money. They don't, they're not... They don't have a map for sale. you know. Is Taito doing anything they're going to care about re-releasing pistol Dinosaur Peak? Probably no. not. It, well, Taito
0: doesn't really exist anymore. Which is sad. <laughs> None of the good places exist anymore. Jellico's gone. Uh, my question for Ian is, being a PC Engine slash Turbo
2: guy, are there definitive games that you must have in your collection?
0: Um, I think any, you need at least something from the Soldier series, Blazing Lasers. Um, I'm really, really... Big on Legendary X2. I like that game a lot. It's fantastic. You should definitely yeah. own Ease book 1 and 2. Just sold it. 3 is n- three is good, but it's not as necessary and it's very expensive at this point. Mm-hmm. The good news about, it, about PCs is it specifically or Slash Turbo? Uh, like CD, like
2: the whole gamut. Yeah, oh, uh, well, yeah, the shooters the gun, are fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah so yeah. I, mean, I mean a lot of the shooters um, stuff I mostly play like a lot of imports, and I'm trying to think of what might what might be in the U.S. market. But these definitely, Newtopia um, is a really good Zelda clone. Bonk, obviously. Oh, Bloody Wolf can be had for next to nothing, and it's fantastic. So, unlike, even though the PC engine can get expensive, especially if you're going for the Turbo Graphics side of things. Side of things it's not like the Neo Geo where the base level games you can afford are crap. You can actually get a lot of really good stuff for sub 20.
1: And then um, if it's an expensive shooter like Soldier Blade, get the PC Engine version because you don't have to worry about it. A lot cheaper. You don't have to worry about it. It's up the Translate, you know, okay. or the platformers.
0: And then the last one, when is the best time to go to your flea market, specifically Kobe out in San Diego?
1: early. Get there. The best time is to come in at 5 a.m. with the sellers walk yeah. around, but I don't do that. I've been offered to, to go in with sellers and, and say, hey, I'll come in my truck. I'm like, I, I have to sleep. I yeah, just like can't. Is there,
2: is there come to my truck, others, that like summer.
0: pretty dubious.
1: <laughs> it wasn't with candy. It was just coming into my truck. Come
0: on, little collector. Come on
1: into my truck. Okay, that happened one time. <laughs> it was a mistake. But he had CDI games. No, um, so, <laughs> But I mean, he's got to go early. But here's the thing, though, is that I've left Markets by like ten o'clock, nine o'clock. And then my friends like, oh, I find Charter Waters at eleven o'clock. I'm like, what? That are you? Make, are you screwing me? Because there's always little nooks and crannies. And even though there's people walking around, there's probably quadruple the amount of people looking around for video games than even there were three years ago, four years ago. That you still can find stuff. Yeah, I still, I still, even tell the story about maybe once every two months, but. Like the Sega Saturn, Mortal Kombat 2, Whitebound, like two dollars.
0: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be opening up the shop and he'll call me and just <laughs> ramble into my ear. Because I have to three because, because I have to justify this part of
1: my existence. <laughs> someone. He's too close. <laughs> you know, he doesn't care. I, I can, be hit by a truck. <laughs> and, like, oh, Pascal? All right. I'd a i would weak. Thanks, guys. All
2: right.
1: Sir, in a Game Chasers shirt. Of course.
0: Yes. Where did it when it first went on? <laughs> um,
1: My question would be for the both of you. Oh, he's got it written down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have this like (laughs) in contact. Okay, (laughs) do I have to like? We like write it down ourselves to translate? (laughs)
0: No, no, this is seriously very short. Oh, okay, very Um, I just wanted to ask both of you uh, if you believe the use of shipping games out for grade dramatically or negatively affected gaming pricing overall. For shipping to what? Uh, To get it graded? Oh, for for sealed
1: games. We haven't. We haven't. We we, we, we we still want to talk about. We want to talk about uh, prototypes at one point and grading prototypes. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. For for seal for seal games though, I look at it as a pyramid scheme. I look at it as just people buying up seal games, getting them slammed, which is the term. And then thinking, oh, I can tr- charge triple for this. NES game that cost me uh, thirty dollars sealed. I'll charge 100 hundred for it because it's dance aerobics. So obviously there's a, there's a built-in price for getting this stuff graded and It's usually fifty to sixty dollars or whatever it is.
0: The bad yeah. news I think about grading sealed games is that well, it, it's it's freaking dumb. Uh, but I don't I don't think it actually really affects the prices of of loose games or even just box games what it does is it gives these people this weird idea that they can charge shitloads of money for a sealed graded game and if they're getting that money well that's kind of on the buyer too yeah i, I feel like the the thing that that i don't the reason why i don't fret over it so much is because it it stays in this weird little insular community that actually gives a shit about that and it only affects them yeah.
1: seal collectors are a different breed and I've, i admitted this to me. I'm like, you're not really a video game collector anymore. You're not really because if you're not, if you don't care about the actual game or what's on it, you're, if you're only caring about honestly the condition of the cellophane it's wrapped in, you're not really collecting games now, are you? And one just guy, collect anything that's one, wrapped in wrapping. And one guy who has almost all the still games is like, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, honestly, because they don't know anything about the games themselves.
0: We we could have started a paper bowl collection at Target this morning. Paper bowl collection, <laughs> seal collection. Yeah, when we were looking, we were... okay, <laughs> we we're looking for paper bowls <laughs> for cereal at today. They're sealed. Why, they're sealed. Sealed. why not? Why why not, not they, get them all? Why they getting graded? Yeah, why, why not get
1: them all? Well, that'd be, that'd be a qualified day <laughs> because you can open up the twist tie, so it's qualified. Well, no, some of them, some of them did not have a twist pie. Oh, okay. Okay, back to the regular scheduled conversation <laughs> before yeah. Ian went to that segue. Um, so, um, what was I saying now you? here? What was I saying? You're talking about sealed collectors admitting to you that they're not really collectors. Yeah. I mean, basically it comes down to, uh, and I, I spoke about this before. Um, if, like for example, like a, there's, there's some ex- expos where if you have developers come. Howard Phillips, you have Howard got Warshaw. And who would these guys appreciate more talking to? A guy that said, I love your game, I own the game, here's my beat up copy. Or a guy that says, yeah, I own your game sealed which basically says like I have no intention or desire to play it. Now, there are collectors that will buy a sealed version of a game. I have some sealed games and games I love, but I also have top-secret episodes that I can play besides the sealed ones.
0: Sure. like I, I've always said, for a reasonable price, I don't want a sealed copy of DuckTales, just because, but probably just... That. only that. I think we talk about the of the market though. Uh, the of in the market of people trying to go out and get them just to
1: get them slapped as an investment. And that might that might increase the seal prices because of that alone. Where right. we are taking out, say you take out 20, even 20% of the sealed dovetails out of the market because people are, are bidding more to get them or hitting those buy nows thinking, oh, a, a 180 buy now on a sealed ducktails, well I can then buy, uh, flip it for 600. When when maybe a sealed dovetails in an auction might at the time went for only like 100. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so weird psychological stuff happens on eBay with
0: this so thanks guys and okay. i just want to say thank you for sending out a, a three box set from when we needed your indie. Uh, well,
1: oh yeah thanks for thanks for purchasing it did you keep me fed
0: <laughs> <There you laughs> uh, on, s-
1: on steak muffins <laughs> on steak muffins that was probably 375 <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks guys thank you how are you do so, so. Uh, so, I know you guys do a really good job of detective work with counterfeit
1: boxes, counterfeit manuals, counterfeit cards. We, We're on the prowl. We have, we we're, are we're gun shoes. <laughs> you yeah, are really good at detecting that and letting people know what to look we're out We're good for. at pointing out bullshit. Yeah. I, I think. So, I wanted to know if you guys uh, ever really run into or uh, know a lot about counterfeit hardware. I saw on eBay a few months ago some counterfeit Net-Your-Rose Playstations.
0: Uh, Like maybe they're color treated or something. I don't know if you guys, if you ever run into that at Luna, people trying to bring in bogus hardware. Um, Okay, so the only counterfeit hardware, legitimately counterfeit hardware I've ever seen um, try to come through Luna was for a while, about three years ago, I had a bunch of people bring in Game Boy Advance SPs that when you turn them on, uh, even with the cartridge in them, uh, booted directly to a multi-cart. And they felt flimsy, I mean, they felt like if you squeezed it like, oh, about as much as a grape, uh, I mean, it would have cracked the plastic. Um, I've, I have not heard of counterfeit net euros and that's, that's shitty. Um, but I mean, yeah, counterfeit hardware does exist out there. If you can actually get your hands on it, though, it's really easy to tell because the plastic feels like garbage in your hands. It's awful. So, and I can't imagine there's a huge profit margin in it. I don't know if it's gonna be as rampant as say, like, counterfeit Pokemon. Which, I always joke, but not really joke, that 75% of Pokemon you can buy online is counterfeit at this point. All right, well, uh, thanks for the word. No problem. All right. So Seeing Ian's shirt, I had to ask, my wife thinks I'm really weird for wanting a complete Mr. Driller collection. No, you're not weird at all. Holy <laughs> shit, that's fantastic. <laughs> Thank Go for it. <laughs> and have you ever, either of you, ever played the GameCube exclusive game with the giant Tower of Draga level? Uh, no, that's the import one, right? Yeah. No, that's the one that I, that's one of the few that I haven't played. And my buddy's always like, Jesus Christ, go play that one. You're a Driller fan. Yeah. And I'm a Draga fan. Oh, God. I love Namco. Um, no, I haven't played it yet. I really do want to. Honestly, I should, I should just bite the bold and import it, but I, I just haven't yeah, yet. Yeah, you need to get it. There's no like, translations needed, and it's like $20. Bucks. Yeah. And yeah, Giant Tower of Duraga level. level. Uh, okay, yeah. Now that you put that back yeah, in my head, I will do this. <laughs> thank you. Hey,
3: so two questions. Um, one, I guess, that either of you mostly have, but then. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I, love you? I love you, Ian. Um, I love I cool. love this kid. primarily because yeah. you're the obviously the collector and you're the
0: one that hates collectors. I don't hate them. Yeah. You, you dislike collectors. It's a misconception.
1: I had to work so hard to get Ian to accept me even as a friend, it was, it was worse than trying to get a date. No, but I really played (laughs) my video
0: games, Mr. (laughs) It was. was. You had to ask me a lot of times for me to hang out with them once. I was like, no, I I can't really. I'm not this other asshole you just talked to, but, you know. (laughs) My job jades me. anyway. sorry.
3: No, no problem. Um, So, I have a feeling I know the answer, but um, with games like uh, Leisure Suit Larry re-release on NES and uh, Battle (laughs) Kid, Mm -hmm. do you consider, like, Newer, popular homebrews to be part of the NES library. Do you think that you like need them to be have a complete set
1: or anything? No, I mean I look at it as what was made during the lifespan of the system when it was supported. So for Nintendo, that's eighty-five to ninety-five. Okay. That's when the games released. The latest library was anything called the latest library. That that bothers me in some level is because to me it's it's a support of the of the PC one, and it's like. I don't know, I guess you're making money off you're not making a ton, but it's just, that you. Battle Kid's a totally original game. Yeah. That's fine. That's, but, doing a loose to Larry, just kind of, I don't know, rubbing rub the wrong, wrong, wrong way when
0: I saw it, I was just kind of like... Yeah, you know, a, a straight port of a game that's already been made. Kind of shady, uh, but making your own homebrew, I mean, straight. wonderful. Yeah, but so, we can get into that
1: though, as uh, we never really spoke about, with the prototypes, about people are, are making a lot of money buying... Re-printed. For a slow leak. For, for slowly, we'll talk, for well, slow we, can, we can get the people that are charging uh, Amiibos. Instead of
0: talking you know? about Amiibos for the 50th fucking time. We haven't talked
1: about Amiibos in, all, in like three, four weeks, so <laughs>
0: let's not Thank jinx God. it. I saw a few out here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but basically, the set though for you is whatever you want the set to be. What do you, how do you define a complete set? Some people put the ten World Championships in their set. I don't because that wasn't retail. No. So it just depends on your definition. What makes you happy? What makes you happy? Can yeah. we back? Besides fruit
0: snacks, what makes you happy? Now? Okay, next, okay, Okay, next. Right. And then um <laughs> Dum no, Dums. Real quick.
3: I don't want to uh,
1: I forgot to bring, bring Dumbs to give out to you guys. I, I, I honestly forgot. I would have threw them out in the crowd because you should go all sugar highs. Sorry.
3: Um I don't want to make you uncomfortable, Ian. But
0: um, no, that's 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 really easy. I've that. already done that. I
3: love yes. Ian. Um, <laughs> Uh, I know you said it was only the tip of the iceberg No. Nope. you sort of... Nope. No.
0: No?
1: No. No. Well, you know the 50th episodes, episode's coming up very soon for the CU
0: Podcast. Why don't I have a hood?
1: <laughs> I love you guys. You open, you open that Max portal you're going to have to close it. <laughs>
0: I'm going to have to close it. Thank you. Hey, Thank how's you. Good. How's it going, guys? Hey, yeah, you I'm, know. I'm a big fan. I'm really thrilled to be here and meet you guys. And whatever. Anyway, I'm I'm a new father. My son is 13 months old. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, I I was just wondering if you guys had ever thought about how you're going to introduce games to if you ever have children. Like, how you go about that? It's actually a conversation my brother and I just had recently. I don't really plan on having kids, but my younger brother, um, I have a niece. She's going to be three. And you know, uh, him and his wife do play games, and I have a lot of new parents come into the store. Um, honestly, it's usually like a Super Nintendo, or a regular Nintendo, or a Game Boy, because it's not very complicated, and it's one of those things where it's, it's pictures on a screen that you're controlling, right? So if, if they're not at, yet at the point where they have a concept of losing and winning, right. they're having fun just running around and doing stuff. Um, I think a lot of parents will go with a Super Nintendo, eh, depending on their age range, one, because they want to play it, but two, because it's, it's, I think NESs are quite reliable, but it's always finicky for everyone else. So, you know, they want something that their child, as they get older, can actually, you know, just operate on their own. Do you think you would, like, still buy, like, the new consoles that all their friends are going to have, or? I mean, at a certain age, if they want them, sure. But to introduce them, you know, probably just go with something early. I appreciate it. Thank you,
4: guys. Hello. Howdy. Hi. Uh, First of all, I'm all for Ian right now. Screw you, Pat. (laughs) 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 you're security no no I love you both Uh, I I wanted to make one comment and then I had two questions one of them I think you might talk about it in another podcast Okay. but um, the first uh, the comment I wanted to make is you guys to me are like the and I lost it It was in my head, the common man for video games of all these kind of things. When I listen to you guys, I think of, wow, common men, they're actually fucking honest compared to some of these. (laughs) I certainly don't mince words. (laughs) Well, excuse me if the language, but um, my actual question was for Pat. I just saw you. Oh, now you want to be nice to (laughs) me. I just saw you actually going to a vendor and I was, saying something to you and then you kind of ran. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 I've, it's my fault. I'm nervous as hell. And I've been nervous I am in the zone time. where I'm
2: looking for manual. No, I saw you and were like, yeah, and the
4: guy's like, four dollars, no, fine, well, here you go, okay, oh, bye. And you just okay. ran.
1: Alright, okay. But what
4: were the two things that you bought? It was like two books. I bought two
1: manuals right. and one, I, I have like a hundred manuals and um, so I didn't have time to check because the store was opening so I bought Nigel Mansell's uh, Racing, which is an uncommon gaming manual, which I owned. But then I bought Mickey's Adventure. And number link which i did not own the manual for so i was very happy about that purpose also. i
4: i i was very excited to see you actually do your stuff in action because i want to do flea markets i want to go around and do that i tried okay. The first ever game that I actually bought via almost flea market-ish was Viewpoint for the of Genesis.
1: Oh, what's an almost flea market? Is that like some guy's backyard? Yeah, yeah. Back
4: yeah, a larger garage sale. I, I live in New York City. I live in Jackson Heights, and they have flea markets all around. Metal
1: so has a flea market, yes. I think. I'm,
2: I'm uh-huh. there every every
1: weekend, six a.m. walking around. You find stuff in
4: Middle Yeah, so oh, yeah. I, I clean
1: up. Well, you two can go together. You Great. go together.
4: But yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. That's the first thing I did, and I want to do more of those. And and I want to know, do you know any places that are near the tri-state area? Since you're okay. from Jersey,
1: I haven't been in Jersey in six years. Oh. Living here, but um, Meadowlands, you have what's the one in South Jersey? There's two in South Jersey. English Town is a hellhole. It wasn't when I went there. It was bad. Um, there's another one south of there in South Jersey, off of the I don't know the Columbus. Columbus. there's, and there's one another one. There's one another one. Like your Tom's River
2: too.
1: There's a Tom's River one, but Columbus. I've been to that one. That one was hit or miss. The problem with the ones like uh, Columbus or uh, English Town is you have. Guys that have video game stores inside will be running around at 5 a.m. and they'll buy, I mean they'll buy everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very tough unless the seller comes later. So I remember I got a gold Super Nintendo New Jersey, a guy pulls up like a 1987 Purcell. It's literally stuff, trunk and backseat with game consoles and the, and, the, and the passenger seat and so like it was Wires and wires, and inside I saw golden sixty-four, like scuffed up to hell. But it was like an hour of unwrapping, and I got a good deal on I probably got it for like twenty-five bucks.
0: Everyone's got those guys that drive around with like boxes of lobster tails just filling their car, <laughs> and they sell them door to door. I don't know where you live, Ian, but uh, you've never seen that. I've never seen
1: someone you've never never seen selling a seafood Selling meat and seafood out of a van. No, I have not. Eaten, and I thought, you've never now lived. Now I want to move far away from you. I live too close to this. So, was there anything else was there else? No,
4: Sorry. my other question probably for a podcast. It's about destiny and the whole pricing situation. Oh, fuck
0: all that, but
1: yeah, yeah,
4: you're gonna talk about it some other time, so I don't want to ask that question.
0: I can answer that on a true podcast, yeah. yeah. This is a true podcast. Oh, no no it's not, this is a point five. Po- this is a guy no, that's, it's, why, that's it's why a good that. That. Point, point five. <laughs> so yes. it was a comic be like a zero comic, like Rise Zero.
4: Right, exactly.
1: I mean. it's, okay, it's a C podcast zero. That's what we're gonna call it. It's, it's okay. like a five pager. Five pager, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, thank you, guys. You're welcome. And thanks, Karen. I think that's Karen. Karen,
4: nice yeah, to see you. Hello, Karen. Hi. Um, I've asked this question um for the new podcast before, but uh, since I'm talking to you now, now you have to answer it. Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> more be not you have us
0: locked down. down. Okay.
4: Um, in the uh, golden age of um, retro gaming prices, like in 2001. I got a box full of Atari 8-bit stuff. Actually, two boxes for, like, a very low price when I went with with my mother to a uh, house auction. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, like... Are there any retro games at things like estate sales and like regular auctions, like the ones that old ladies go to looking for bases and things? Because I know that, that stuff appears. but...
0: Okay, so estate and sales and auctions, you can find sales. Yes, you can find anything, especially like old computer stuff, like you're talking Atari 8-bit, Apple II. Yes, because that's kind of Video games, if people look at that in video games as different. The video games were probably sold a long time ago. The stacks of Atari, Apple IIe discs with games on them probably weren't even looked at there or thought of as worthless. So yeah, I think you'd probably find that stuff at estate sales, but not so much games. Yeah, um, the problem though if anything else is that
1: people hit estate sales and search for anything else like a flea market to, to resell. Whether it's records, whether it's, it's vintage it. audio equipment.
0: Well, as time so, has gone on right, it's yeah. just like a flea market. It so probably it's has like, dried up a bit.
1: So it's not like... It, art, especially like art, or even old antique furniture. So there's a lot of money in this stuff, a lot more than video games. So you're gonna have people there. So you might get lucky. I've never tried the estate sale, unless it was like advertised like on a blog. Oh, estate sale, house is getting cleared out. And then you might find like CDs or something, but I've never had luck with that personally. Okay,
3: thanks. Thanks for
1: your time. Karen, okay. we'll talk later, Karen. Karen and I are collaborating on a yes. project, which I might announce soon. Oh, great. Uh, Oh, people are like, what is that? I don't know, but. <laughs> so before we go, filled up the C podcast. You guys any of you guys I see Karen has a shirt on, CU podcast shirt. Uh, you guys knew about, knew about the podcast shirt? We're, we're gonna out with the second one. You wanna see the design? It's preliminary, it's not final. Our goal is to have your entire yeah. wardrobe. <laughs> uh, microphone is C U podcast SCU CU podcast. Yeah. Maybe yeah. pajamas. This is old. The shirt. Pajama pants. This yeah. is not gonna be final, but this is going to be It's a rough, rough idea. F- the design. Where is it? Podcast? T shirt. That's going to be the t-shirt design.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, are you guys excited for that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. CU Podcast is Danny approved. Oh, uh, so, thanks for coming out, guys. This has been fun for the the, the guiding you Podcast. The yes. zero version, the live version. And we'll see you at, we're at the booth back there. And I have a podcast. podcast. I have a podcast, but I do have a panel as well. I have a panel tomorrow at 5 o'clock right here. Uh, Saturday at 5 p.m. And then we have an autograph signing session after that at 6. And then uh, Sunday, you have a pinball panel at, I think, 1130. 11.30. They change the time to 11.30. Check your local listings. And so, enjoy Too Many Games. Thanks for coming out to the CU Podcast. Thanks, everyone.